Simple setup. One day operation. We pick up their trail at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages, and bounce back across the border before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? I'm going in with you, Dutch. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 103 and the movie this week was the 1987 Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi classic Predator. And joining me to talk about it because apparently neither of them had ever seen it before, uh, we'll start with Dylan, aka Leaping Duck. Dylan, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you today? I am doing quite well. And also joining us is Bjorn, a.k.a. Bombats. Bjorn, how are you? Hello. Hello. Well, tired. <laughs> right. Well, uh, okay, so I'm going to start with you, Bjorn. How is it yeah. that you hadn't seen this movie before? Well, uh, for a lot of years, I was absolutely convinced that I had seen this movie <laughs> and late and late last year I suddenly realized I did not <laughs> so what were you conflating it with were you thinking this was commando no I I had seen all uh, a lot of things about it and stuff and that probably made me think that I had watched it okay I can I can see that and it's <laughs> The reason that it surprises me is that this movie for, especially for anybody that, that watches eighties action movies is sort of in that upper echelon of them. Now, Dylan, you hadn't seen it either. Uh, was there any specific reason for that? Are you not much of a movie person or Schwarzenegger in general or, or, or how'd that go? Um, well, for starters, I was negative five years old when this movie came out. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never movies have really never been my thing okay i watch them and enjoy them but when i have time to sit in front of a tv screen it's usually have a controller in my hand fair enough fair enough so what did you think of this uh, after having seen it now for the first time um i was a little conflicted to be honest <laughs> okay i i enjoyed it for what it was mm -hmm. i don't know that it's one that i would have finished watching without distracting myself with something else i probably would have watched it with my ipad or something mm -hmm. and had it on in the background do you think any of that is uh the idea that you don't just sit and watch movies that you like to you know you like to interact you like to play games at sort of the same time or is it just that the movie just didn't grab you the way that some others have um probably both it okay. really it didn't have any what I would call super in-depth characters or anything. It no. was all pretty very tropey, so I didn't feel like I had to focus on it. Fair and enough. And I would still get just so. But yeah, I enjoyed it, though. It was, for 1987, those special <laughs> effects were amazing. Yeah, uh, and Wicked Kitten in the chat points out, it's not winning any Oscars, and that's true. Um Bjorn, what did you think as a as a first time viewer uh, officially actually seeing it now instead of just kind of yes. knowing about it? Um, I kind of loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had seen the 
weirdly enough, the second Predator probably three or four times. <laughs> okay. And I like it for what it is. It's not great. It's definitely not better than this, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so this one was fun. <laughs> it is. And both of you said uh, a, you phrased something that is perfect for this movie, for what it is. This I love this movie because of what it is, which is we're going to do a simple action sci-fi horror thing with a bunch of beefy, sweaty dudes in the jungle fighting an alien. And it, and actually the genesis for this movie was from a joke. Somebody had made the joke. I want to say it was after Rocky four, yes, maybe Rocky three, where somebody I, said, I read as well. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing Stallone, the only person Rocky hasn't fought as an alien. And someone thought that was a funny idea to have Rocky fight an alien. And it eventually morphed into what this movie became. So it started off as a joke, and it never takes itself too seriously, but it's all done very earnestly. So it's not a comedy, it's not tongue-in-cheek, but it's also not trying to be high cinema either. And I think that's what I love about it so much, is it is just dumb, fun, summer action movie um, with just, let's get a bunch of the biggest, most testosterone-filled men and drop them in the jungle and have them shoot a bunch of guns. And it's exactly what they did. And I love every second of that. So this is one of my favorite uh, kind of 80s action movies. I like Schwarzenegger in general because he always seemed to have fun with what he was doing. Um, and this is sort of, for me, the best version of that because I think he did stuff like Commando a couple years earlier, which is a ton of fun too, but it's almost too kitschy. It's too tongue-in-cheek. And... This I liked because it tried to play it straight, but then it also is just this ridiculous premise of fighting an alien in the jungle. So, yeah. Uh, but I do like that it's uh, that it's basically an action movie that turns into a kind of slasher movie. Yeah, that, that I really liked. <laughs> well, and then they went ahead and cast <clears throat> a bunch of really good caricatures because that's really what they are and it was sort of this idea yeah. i guess initially the script had more of a dutch versus the alien feel and they kind of wanted to rewrite that and make it more akin to aliens which was supposed to be an inspiration for this as well as schwarzenegger had once said he wanted to do a movie like the magnificent seven he wanted to have that kind of posse so they bring in and when you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you're going to have other guys in there, they better be able to be physically imposing. So who do they get? They get Carl Weathers. They get Jesse Ventura, who was a Navy SEAL before he became a wrestler and an actor. Um, and the stories of making this movie are almost better than the movie itself because of the stuff that those guys did. Because they're all big meatheads, right? So they were like... Uh, what was it? Jesse Ventura would um, douse himself. He would pour water over himself as he was leaving the gym in the morning as Schwarzenegger was coming in. So it looked like he was just sweating like crazy. So then Schwarzenegger <laughs> would show up a half an hour earlier the next day and they kept doing that back and forth. Or uh, there's a story that Arnold told the costume department to tell Jesse that his arms were an inch bigger so that Jesse would get uh, like full of himself and want to challenge him to a measuring contest over like a bottle of champagne or something and, and then lose and Arnold would get the champagne and, and all this kind of, so like 
all this kind of stuff. Carl Weathers getting up at like 3 a.m. to go to the gym and work out before everybody else woke up so that he could just act like he naturally looked like that. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing stuff. And they're and they're doing all this in Mexico where everybody on the crew and the cast is getting sick from drinking the tap water at the hotel. Except for the director, John McTiernan, who refused to eat or drink anything that didn't come out of a can. <laughs> so he was like the only person that didn't get violently sick while they were making that. And that alone cracks me up too. So like, this is one of those that has a ton of fun stories behind the scenes of like making a movie that, yeah. that kept capture me. And then, and we, I haven't even gotten to uh, the predator itself. So I, first I want to ask what, what did you think Dylan of the, uh, the creature once you saw it? As like a creature oh. effect. It, I was impressed. Like I've seen. We should back up. I didn't realize this was that predator. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> until that moment, like I just had always heard the name Predator and thought it was just a '80s action movie title. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching it, and all of a sudden, it hit me that that's what I'm watching. <laughs> and I was not disappointed at all to see the predator. It was exactly how I expected it to be. And Bjorn, you said you'd watch the sequel. So you kind of knew what it looked like already. Yes. Do you know the story Definitely. of what it originally looked like? Cause what we see uh, in the movie, yes, I've seen that. Yes. <laughs> so what we see <laughs> in the movie is not new. Originally cast to play the predator was Jean-Claude Van Damme. And they wanted they they cast him, and he thought he was going to get to come over and do his martial arts and and be the action star. And then he gets on set, and they put him in a foam rubber suit that was bright red, and it had this big, long, weird looking neck with like a insect head on it. And he hated it. He hated every second of it. It was heavy. It was they were filming in the jungle. He couldn't see out of the damn thing, and he quit two days later. And the official reason was he was too short because Van Damme's about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, maybe. They end up casting uh, a guy named Kevin Peter Hall, who was also, uh, if you remember the movie Harry and the Hendersons, he played Bigfoot in that. Uh, but Kevin Peter oh. Hall is about 7'2". And then they put that costume on him, which got completely redesigned. The original design was ridiculous looking. Uh, it was much more insect-like. And it just didn't look threatening. It looked great as a maquette, as a little as a little mock-up. But when they put it out to full scale, it just looked silly. And it looked even sillier when it was running around in the, in the woods. Granted, if you see any footage of it, it's all um, during production. So it is just a bright red costume running around because they have to shoot it that way in order to, to do the, um, the chroma key. The invisibility. Yeah. Yeah. But they brought in Stan Winston, who had worked on Terminator and, you know, wonderful creature effect guy. And he redesigned the thing. So then they get this costume. The guy that's wearing it is seven foot two. The costume weighs probably 100 pounds or more that he's trying to wear. He can't see out of it. So they had like a rig on him so he could actually move around. And there there are moments that um, do kind of show that it's a, it's a guy in a suit um, in so much as... You can see like when the predator, when they have close-ups of the predator's hands, you can tell the gloves are to make his hands look bigger. That takes me out just a touch 
when I'm watching it versus what you'd see in something done with more modern tech, uh, more, more modern tech, right? I mean, if we're doing, because really, if you did this movie today, the Predator would be a fully CG character. Definitely, yes. Um, but Which would be bad, I think. <laughs> uh, given some of them that I've seen, uh, yeah, they're pretty bad. Because um, they've done some full <laughs> CG Predators and they don't look great for whatever reason. But, and Wicked Kitten, you're right, high def doesn't help that a whole lot. Um, but the shots of the Predator just roaming around, just walking and all that, uh, look great because they just put a giant dude in a really big suit, made him look about eight feet tall. And so he just towers over Arnold. Um, who, you know, Arnold is not a small man and the predator makes him look like this little tiny person. So I, I really, really like, and then you get that great reveal at the end where he takes off the mask because you finally see him. It's like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie and the movie is only an hour and 45 yeah. minutes long. And then right at the end where he takes that kind of flat emotionless mask off and he's got these weird little mandibles and that's just creepy looking. And the story there is that James Cameron actually came up with that idea because uh, he, <laughs> he was sitting next to Stan Winston on a plane as Winston was working on his sketches. And and the story goes that James Cameron was like, you know, you should put mandibles on that thing because it would look kind of cool. And that's what he did. So who knows? Who knows how true that is? But it's a fun story. And yeah. I also found out, and I didn't know <laughs> this until today, uh, the actor... The voice actor that did the voice of the Predator, all the clicky noises and all of that kind of stuff, um, was Peter Cullen. And if the name doesn't ring a bell, Optimus Prime. Doesn't. Mm, okay. So I didn't know that until today. And I have seen this movie, I can't tell you how many times, and read a lot of trivia about it. <laughs> um, so that was, that was kind of cool. Oh, also, Kevin Peter Hall gets one moment in the movie um, outside of the suit. He's one of the helicopter pilots at the end, oh, which okay. I have to figure they, they must've done some kind of weird mock-up because there's no way you're fitting a seven foot two guy into one of those helicopters. That's just Probably not, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I barely fit in it. I'm six foot four. Like I can't imagine being another almost foot taller than I am and trying to do anything. Um, but yeah, so, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Bjorn, are you a Schwarzenegger yes. fan? Do you like his films? I like um, most films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where would you put this yes. in in your in your rankings or in kind of your echelon of of Schwarzenegger films? Mm, definitely at the top somewhere, but I'm not sure where to be honest. Because <laughs> what this, I, yeah, I mean. Like I kind of said, what this has going for it is the action is great. And then he, of course, because he's Arnold, he gets his couple of one-liners in there. The stick around when he yeah. staples <laughs> the guy to the wall. Um, knock, knock. Yeah. Nah. Apparently, get to the choppa is like his favorite, his personal favorite ever, according to what I read. So, I can see that, yes. <laughs> that one has been memed more times than I can count. Um. Dylan, are you much of a Schwarzenegger fan uh, when you do watch movies? Um, yeah, I'm a fan of. The, I mean, it's hard to beat a Terminator movie. That's true. Those ones I've always enjoyed. Uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid was Kindergarten Cop. That's that was, that's a good one, actually. It was in my grandma's VCR pile, and I think one summer <laughs> I just latched onto it. 
Just wore but that tape right out. I probably did, but. but oh, yeah, we keep kitten the saying last action hero. So Kindergarten Cop, yep. what I like about that was that was when Arnie was really trying to go comedy, right? He had done, because uh, that was in the era of twins and I think Junior was around yeah, there, Kindergarten Cop. that that whole block of films. <laughs> <laughs> some were good, some were um, less, but... Um, but I, I mean, as a Schwarzenegger film, because it's not the comedy, how did, how did this play for you, uh, Dylan? Uh, this was much more of a Schwarzenegger film for me. <laughs> I like kindergarten cops, definitely the outlier. <laughs> so you're not a big jingle all the way fan. Uh, I have seen Jingle all the way, and that will be the end of my opinion on it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, not my favorite. <laughs> no, uh, a couple other people. So Bill Duke, who played Mac, um, he had worked with Schwarzenegger a couple years earlier on Commando. And the thing I like about him was you've got Arnold, you've got Carl Weathers, are these big, physically imposing, just jacked guys, and Bill Duke is not that. So they smartly never show him without his shirt. Um, but he is imposing and intimidating in a different way because it, like his his mannerisms and just the way he speaks is so intimidating because he's constantly... He doesn't ever yell until uh, Blaine gets shot. He's very quiet. Yeah. It's that quiet intensity that, I, that Bill Duke is really good at. So I like him. Um, plus, he gets to have fun with the minigun, which is always great. Mm-hmm. That thing was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so they had to run that off of a car battery. Um, in order for it to work, they had a, a wire running down the pant leg to the car battery to to run that thing. And apparently, from what I read, they actually had to um, also modify it and slow it down. Slow down the spinning of the barrel so they could actually film it. And then, <laughs> And even then, they could only run it for like, five to 10 seconds at a time. So there's that whole scene where he's just, you know, mowing the lawn in the jungle there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I I have to say, that's a fun scene to watch though, where they just go completely ape. (laughs) And I do like that, uh, later the predator basically does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Just aimlessly shooting into the the jungle. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that they kind of used that as a callback. That was that was really cool when he can't yeah. find Arnold. So, um, and and the uh, that minigun is also ridiculously heavy to haul around. And the stories I read are like Arnold and Jesse Ventura were about the only people on set that could just pick it up and carry it. Um, Ventura actually commented that shooting that thing was like quote shooting a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which it is, is made for 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 attaching to airplanes and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Normally, those are attached <laughs> to the side of a helicopter, not uh, yeah, not just being carried around. Plus, the ammo for that, like carrying the, the enough ammo to make that thing worthwhile, was would just be insane. Yeah, <laughs> but it made for a real fun visual, and it gives it's memorable too. I mean, you remember Blaine because he was the big dude that carried that gun. And he yeah. got a couple of the better one-liners in the movie, too. Um, I mentioned that he <laughs> was a uh, Navy SEAL 
prior to becoming a wrestler. So he was definitely one of the uh, more intimidating guys, I think, uh, on the set. And also one of two future governors of U.S. states that were in this movie. Yeah. Because he became governor of Minnesota in 98. I remember that. I remember that vividly. Um, so, okay. I've mentioned quite a few intimidating people, but the most intimidating person, the most, uh, scary person that was in this movie was Billy, Sonny Landham. Yes. Uh, the insurance company for this movie said that, okay, Sonny Landham can be in the film. That's fine. He gets a bodyguard that follows him everywhere to keep him from beating the crap out of people on set because apparently he had a really short temper and got violent. So they were like, he can't be on the movie unless he has a bodyguard and that bodyguard follows him ever. And I love that story because here you've got, again, Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Jesse Ventura. And they're like, yeah, this guy is the one that needs to be, you know, everyone needs to be protected from him. (laughs) So that was pretty great. Uh, he also actually tried to run for uh, governor of Kentucky in 2003. So we almost had oh. three governors in this movie. So some weird. hot topic uh, political debates in the helicopter. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, I like the character of Billy. Every so, you, Dylan, you mentioned that this is very tropey, and you're right. It is. It's there. These mm. characters are tropes. Now this movie is old enough that the tropes weren't tired when it came out. Nowadays, they're a little more tired. And that's kind of, when I was watching it, I was wondering if, like, if these were tropes or if these were kind of the start of tropes. Because... So a bit of both. Um, I mean, we had seen, you know, Magnificent Seven uh, was prior to this and kind of uses the same sort of an idea. Um but yeah, they, they definitely are still tropes, uh, but tropes exist for a reason. They usually work. It's a good shorthand. You want to have a group of guys, you know, you've got your, you got your wisecracker, you've got the guy that's overly serious. You've got the one that is overly macho, which in this case is just about all of them. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Billy is the like mystical one, right? He's the one that's got some sort of weird sixth sense that they kind of mention, but not really. Like he's, he's the tracker. Um, yeah, but you know, he's, he's almost supernatural in his tracking ability, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, and he's always, uh, he's, he's always clutching that little, uh, like medicine pouch he's got around his neck and he's the, he's the weird one. Um, but as a character, I really like, I, I kind of latched onto his character when I was a kid. Um, and I first saw this probably at Let's see. I didn't. I didn't see it when it came out in theaters, because I was only six at the time. Um, but I saw it fairly young, and I just remember liking Billy because he had all the fun. Um, he had all the the like mysterious moments, right? Staring off into the woods. Yeah. He's sure he can see something, but it's not quite there. So, um, you know, thinking about it now, I probably like the either the character of Blaine or Poncho better. Um for whatever reason. I'm not sure, but Billy, Billy was one I always liked as a kid. Poncho was the one that I definitely latched onto. Yeah. He's like, that's he's a, kind of yeah. the everyman, right? He's, yeah. that's a, I don't know. That must be that as the everyman 
was basically closer to being <laughs> not six foot five, yeah, three hundred pounds of muscle. Right. Yeah. Also, uh, former military, he'd actually been in Vietnam prior, uh, and then he said going into the jungle to film this was instant deja vu. Which yeah. that would have been <laughs> Um and the other uh, main character, and he's the first one to get killed by the Predators, Hawkins, played by Shane Black. This was Shane Black's yes. first film as an actor. And part of the reason he got cast for this was he was working on the script for Lethal Weapon, which he wrote. And Joel Silver, the mm-hmm. producer of Predator and Lethal Weapon, wanted him close by so they could keep working on that. So they just cast him in the movie. <laughs> um and he actually went on to, he directed the most recent uh, Predator film in the franchise, The Predator, that came out in 2018, which did not review well. So, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but he, he went on to have a really great career as a writer and even a director. Um, yeah. He wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is probably my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie. If you haven't seen that, I recommend it. It's a, it's a fun kind of noir thriller um interesting story and it's got Val Kilmer in probably the my favorite thing I've ever seen him in like it's my favorite Val Kilmer character because he's having you can tell he's having a ton of fun in it but Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon um he wrote uh was it Monster Squad I think he wrote too um okay and uh yeah I mean he's gone on to do quite a bit of stuff Iron Man 3 was his he wrote and directed that so um long kiss good night Oh, that's right. Long Kiss Goodnight was his, too. My favorite of his. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and he's the he's the wisecracker. He, apparently all the jokes he makes in the movie, he wrote himself, um, which, mm. you know, your mileage may vary was, on if any of those were good or not, because they were, they didn't age well. Let's put it that way. I was terrible. <laughs> trying to imagine someone making those jokes in a movie that was released today. And I... Yeah. Couldn't That's imagine anybody to putting them in there. Now the jokes in the movie definitely not. However, the idea that a bunch of soldiers would have would be telling jokes like that, I completely buy. So, sure. you know, authenticity wise, sure, I get that. But whew, very cringy to listen to now. Um, even for me, and yeah. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times. But I was so glad when <laughs> when he he he. he he died and couldn't <laughs> tell any more jokes. <laughs> oh, but and okay, so everybody but Schwarzenegger and uh, Anna gets killed in this. And for the most part, it's all pretty quick and they're they're gruesome deaths for sure. But poor Poncho, man, that dude like yeah. suffered cuz he gets hit by that tree branch and probably has who knows how many broken ribs and ruptured organs and then they're carrying him through the jungle and only for him to get hit by the predator like 15 minutes later yeah just like that <laughs> like everybody else is Very dead right terrible. away and poor poncho like suffers for a while it's an incredible pain and then oh yep now we're gonna kill him they could have at least let him live but, yeah um bjorn did you have a favorite of the deaths of all the, the commandos? Because that's really what this movie... This movie's kind of in like three stages. There's there's the opening, which is commandos in the jungle um, and finding the camp encampment. And then there is the commandos getting picked off one by one, the slasher movie section of it. And then there's Arnie yeah. versus the alien. 
Well, I always enjoy head ex ex explosions. So, uh, who was it? Mac, I think. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Dylan, did that's you have a favorite my... of any of the the deaths? Um, anybody getting picked off? I was gonna say, I was gonna say Mac as well, but not for head explosions. <laughs> I was. Uh, because he and uh, Dylan had made their little plan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we're going to see how this goes. And then a, not a full 60 seconds later, <laughs> we saw how well it went. Yeah. Best laid plans, all right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked Max. Um, Dylan's actually was really, yeah. really good because, like, visually, that one was really cool. He gets yeah. his arm blown off. Now, granted, again, the prosthetic when the arm hits the ground... Like you can tell it's not on the trigger, but whatever. I don't yeah. care. Like you can, I can hand wave that away <laughs> and just enjoy that moment. But the, the shot of Carl Weathers where he's turning around and pulling the other, um, semi-automatic over his head and you see the stub of his arm. Like that was, that effect looks great still. Yeah. Because that, he's, it's that, not that like he's wearing, cool. you know, it, he, they, they don't have a lot of ways to hide his other arm. Mm -hmm. So they did a really good job painting that out and really making that look good. Um, and it's yeah. not like it's a small arm to hide either. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a big old beefy, beefy arm. Honestly, the, the one, the most disappointing one for me is Billy because it was off screen, but apparently yeah. that was supposed, that was like how that always was going to be was that one was off screen. Uh, one of the trivia pieces I read on IMDb though, that cracked me up was um, the trivia read a dummy of Sonny Landham was used for the scene where the predator tears out his skull and spine. And I'm like, really? That that qualifies as trivia? Like that wasn't no, him. I thought it was him, <laughs> and he just got up and you know shrugged it off. They didn't and kept kill going. him for this. <laughs> Sometimes the IMDb, IMDb trivia just makes me laugh. Uh, the other one that made me laugh was Max blood splatters on the camera when the predator shoots him in the head with the shoulder cannon. So you just trivia is just stating something that happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. It's a bit weird. But yeah, Max Max was probably like the most Mac and Blaine have the most gruesome ways to go. Because again, Hawkins basically gets slashed and then he's done off screen. Although they do have that really good shot of the predator dragging him. No, the predator, the dragging him off into the jungle. Yes, yeah. because of the way they shot that that nice low angle, and just the perspective of it, I, I it like it really stuck with me. Um, but yeah, Max, and then I mean, because Ventura uh, Blaine gets it through the chest. Yeah, that was pretty pretty nasty looking. Um, yeah. And again, Pancho does all this suffering, and all he gets is hit in the side of the head, and that's it. We don't we don't see him again. Yeah. Justice for Pancho. <laughs> I'm going to start a movement. Um, I mentioned some of the uh, people getting sick and all that on the film. And apparently not only did Schwarzenegger have trouble with that, but then there's the whole bit at the end. So the third act, the, the Arnold Arnie versus the alien moment in the movie, he has that epiphany when he's covered in mud that, Oh, it can't see me. Right. So he spends the rest of the movie covered in mud or most of the rest of it. All that stuff was shot at night, and apparently it was just frigid every night while they were Yikes. doing that. And he's covered in essentially potter's clay. And 
they can't heat him up because if they try to blow hot air on him, all it does is dry the clay to him. So he was trying to drink Jaeger tea, is what they said in the in the trivia that I was reading, which is uh, Yaga tea. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Uh, to warm him up, and all it did was get him drunk. <laughs> so he he just he just was getting knackered on set. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. He also got married during this movie. That's when he married Maria Shriver. Huh. And <laughs> in the jungle. <laughs> No, but they were the day before he was supposed to leave for his, uh, like the, the final rehearsal. Um, the, the story goes that Jesse Ventura knew that was happening. So he was intentionally messing up takes and and messing with them to make him late. Cause again, they're just, it's a bunch of testosterone filled guys just being dicks to each other in the jungle was basically what this movie was. Great. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, But, you know, whatever. They, they're they still friends to this day. Uh, so what can you do? Um, yeah, I just... The, the thing I like about this movie is the simplicity of it. They didn't try to make it too much. Because I know, like, Predator 2 brings in this kind of government agency that is that knows about the Predators and is trying to get information from them. That's the Gary Busey character in 2. Oh, right. Um, I had totally forgotten forgotten about that (laughs) but what i like about this was nobody knows what the predator is and there's there's this uh cia thing but it has nothing to do with that at all like dylan as a cia guy wants them in there for his own gains but it it doesn't matter to the plot and it's kind of a throwaway thing that eventually he he eventually dies anyway but it's the simplicity of this story is what makes it work they didn't try to make it too much. They're just like, hey, a bunch of, uh, you know, combat veterans, rescue team, put them in the jungle, fight an alien, and let's make a, a fun movie that way. And McTiernan, who directed this, John McTiernan, is so good at at making a very simple premise work. So he did this. His next movie was Die Hard. Die Hard is another yeah. one of those very simple premise. Guy, you know, cop gets stuck in a building with a bunch of terrorists and go and like he just made he's he's able to direct that his action work is so good um one of my favorites of his is a movie called basic that i covered on the show a while back it's from 2003 it's actually the last movie he directed um and that is another very simple small story told all on a on a uh, army base in panama but it's it it is he just has this way of creating suspense and action that just works. And this was another case of that. This, this was uh, essentially his first major film was this, because this was pre Die Hard. I'm just going to go find a cash machine. And thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Nisbet. I appreciate that. Um, Money. <laughs> uh, he, uh, John McTiernan made this movie and the budget for this $15 million. That's not a big budget, even by 87 standards, for an action yeah. film. Because I don't remember what... Especially, um, with, especially with the cast. Yeah. No, it did help that this was Jesse Ventura's first movie, and it was Shane Black's first movie. So they probably didn't have to pay them a ton. Um, Ventura had been doing wrestling for years, but this was his first actual Hollywood film. 
But still, Schwarzenegger was a big name. Carl Weathers was a big name. I mean, it's Apollo Creed. Like, the guy had been around for a while. Bill Duke had been around, and they still managed to keep the budget to $15 million, and they made almost all of that back in their opening weekend. Um, this opened. Yeah, I the second, that. Yeah, had the second biggest opening in 1987 behind Beverly Hills Cop 2. So it made, uh, and it ended up making somewhere north of $60 million U.S. Um, and like $100 million worldwide. Which was back when a hundred million dollars for a film in the box office something. was huge. <laughs> instead of oh, that's that's a nice three day weekend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the, there's something about the structure of this too. Like the pacing in it is great because the pacing. It now, Dylan, you said that you kind of you would have probably spaced out. And and is that more from story or does the pacing drag at some points for you too? I think my problem with the story of it was I know how big the Predator has become now. Mm. Like, you know, you see the Predator and there's very few people who don't recognize it. So this movie being the start of that kind of, I was expecting more from it gotcha so it's probably more of uh the hype that i had for it before i watched it probably affected it but the pacing of it was good every time that like i was losing interest or starting to lose interest something else big happened and okay it moved along well so that's good that's that's yeah. actually really good to hear and it makes sense right it, when when you've seen where this character has been taken between there's been one, two, three direct Predator movie sequels, plus two Alien vs. Predator films, mm-hmm. on top of comics and games and all of that that's come out. So, yeah, I can see where having all of that, if you come into this movie, you're expecting it to be more. It would be kind of like, I'm trying to think of something that would be similar to it. I guess Alien would be another one. If, you, if you've seen and heard all the different Alien stuff, but you've never watched the first Alien film, and then you watch it 40 years later for the first time, you're going to be like, that's it? It's, it's one alien yeah. in, a, in a ship. Big deal. But, you know, when that movie came out, it was something else. It was just unreal. And so I can see that. But it's yeah. good to know that the pacing was good. What did you think of the pacing of the Bjorn? Because that's one of the things I like about this movie. It's nearly perfect i would say um it's hmm, words um <laughs> it it is really really good pacing because they never it never lets you get bored but it also yeah. gives you moments to breathe where they yes, put the action set pieces is is really good it is not that, uh... not really loud that's what I like for the most part, and when it happens, it happens. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> always good for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, now the the assault on the camp, the encampment of gorillas. Um, the more yeah. times I watch this movie, the <laughs> less I like that particular scene because it feels so out of place to the rest of the movie. And part of that is that McTiernan didn't direct that. That was all done by the second unit. And so you can kind of yeah. like it feels different, right? Like it, it, it feels, feels like it was very made for a different me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Um, Cause it just, it feels like this 
oh, here's this other thing that happened. We're just going to drop it in here. We need some runtime. Here's here's five minutes of this scene. Um, I get why there. Like, mm-hmm. that scene sets the stage for, like, these are the biggest badasses that there are. Yeah. And then they're having the trouble. But that scene was, like you said, it just seemed like an afterthought almost. Yeah. And when you learn that John McTiernan didn't direct that entire sequence, it's like, okay, now it makes sense. If he had been a bigger part of that, I think it yeah. feels better. Because he just has such a good eye for action and how to frame things and stage. Like that whole scene, when I watch it now, I have no idea where anyone is in relation to each other. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, no. Very he was, choppy. You know, and yeah. It's like he was he was right there, and then all of a sudden he you know it feels like somebody's on the other side of the encampment shooting at people, and it's like how did that happen? The teleport. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, a a lot of cuts when they cut to to one of the team. Uh, it it always seems like someone just yelled and go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, some of the edit it's there very, wasn't very great. weird. Um, it did, however, uh, did give us um, some great kind of actiony moments. Um, again, the knock knock, the stick around. Um, you got time to duck is always a good one, where you just. That was my favorite line of the movie. Now, what's what's really strange is, or not strange, but uh, that I thought was kind of fun to read about was the weapons that they're carrying throughout the movie, because they're all like these kit bashed. Uh, amalgamations of weapons they don't really exist in real life like the grenade launchers aren't the way that they would be at all um and they just sort of smash things together and it's like well this would look cool here you go and i also read that all their fatigues were the old style uh canvas stuff like surplus and weren't really (laughs) period uh accurate which i thought you know i never made that connection not being in the military that by the time this movie came out, they would have all been wearing nylon stuff instead of canvas. There's also a very um, long protracted shot of uh, Schwarzenegger's butt in his canvas pants when he's crawling on the ground. I was like, you couldn't, you couldn't pan that camera up just a little bit there, John, just a little, do we really need the the camera going straight down main street there? Like, come on. (laughs) That was a bit much for me. Uh, It had to happen. (laughs) one thing i noticed about the guns Mm -hmm. was uh, i don't think i ever saw a single person put a gun against their shoulder no not at all like there was zero aiming it was all it's all shooting from the hip (laughs) (laughs) now with the minigun i get it right because that's just spray and pray Mm -hmm. anyway but no nobody else you're right and the funny thing is again you've got ex-military guys in here uh, mm-hmm. between Jesse Ventura and um, uh, Richard Chavez. And they actually spent time, they did a little mini boot camp and they would do marches through the jungle and stuff to to feel like a real unit. But that is the thing that when I watch it now, I notice the most. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, yeah, nobody once aims a weapon in this. They just... And no, some of those guns had scopes on them too. I know. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> they have the scope at their hips so well so they can you know hip fire better um mm-hmm. you know and and every now i did like that everybody in the commando group they all have their kind of jobs but what was interesting was they didn't really have a uh, a quote-unquote sniper or like a lookout character for per se 
you know, you had your radio guy was Hawkins. You had your tracker was Billy, uh, heavy weapons, but there wasn't like that one guy that you would have, you would imagine is the one, you know, the eye in the sky sitting up there and yet they have scopes on their weapons. So mm-hmm. what do we know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 I love that, that no, nobody aims a single weapon in this. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier about kind of the three sort of three mini movies, right? Cause from the start up until the, um, the attack on the compound, it's sort of the, the commandos in the jungle. And we get a little bit of the, the whole Jim Hopper part, which still to this day, when I watch that scene where they find the bodies, it's kind of gruesome. Like it is. Yes. Were either of you expecting that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely not. (laughs) So, yeah, Um, I can see like that's, that's one of those moments like, ooh, okay, now I know what we're into. I, I get what this movie is going to be now. Yeah, I think I actually said, so that's what this is. As I, <laughs> as came up, cause it was, and yeah, they don't, they linger me. on that too. Like they don't just show it and cut away. You, you see it for a while. Um, but so outside of that moment, it's kind of a, an action movie. And then we start to get the slasher part of it. And we've talked about that, but that ending, the Arnie versus alien ending every, basically everything from when Poncho gets shot and he yells, get to the chopper and then goes down the water slide and over the waterfall um, Mm -hmm. with the obvious stunt man, because (laughs) I'm sorry. It's (laughs) like, it, it's so hard. It would be impossible to find an, a stuntman that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties. So it was literally a different camera too. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah, it was that, that looked 16 millimeter meter. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I think I read somewhere where some of the B, um, some of the B cameras got loaded with the wrong film stock. And so that's why there's shots uh-huh. that look so grainy. Um, cause McTiernan, so one of the things McTiernan really does a lot. And if you watch any of his other movies, they're all shot anamorphic widescreen, like the super widescreen Die Hard does this, uh, hunt for red October, all of his stuff. They didn't want to do that for this movie because of the special effects, because of the way they were doing the effects that was going to be really hard to do. So I think that probably played into it and somehow they, they got that wrong, uh, wrong stuff. Before I forget to mention it, though, the way they would do um, the Predator uh, with the camouflage was they would shoot a pass of the shot with the guy running around in the red, bright red suit. And then they would do the same shot, but with no actors and just get a background plate. But they would shoot it at a 30% wider uh, angle on the lens. So then they composite the two. They could just chroma key out the red and you would see the jungle behind them, but it would have that weird effect to it already. So a lot of that wasn't, they, they weren't doing it with computers. They were just doing it optically in the camera. And I, I thought that was a really cool, I mean, 1986, 87, they didn't really have the computing power to be able to do that sort of an effect. So it's, it's always fun to hear those kinds of stories of how they get this look. Because it, it, overall, it kind of holds up. It still looks pretty good. Yes. Yes, that didn't uh, really look like late eighties, <laughs> like one one would think that that 
an effect like that would look. Yeah. But yeah. Look well, if you like look at when CGI came in, <laughs> yeah, it looks better than a lot of early CGI um, in terms True. of like making somebody look invisible. So, uh, yeah. and then the heat vision stuff was mostly just uh, a thermal camera. They just had a thermal sensor camera and they did some tweaking to it. Um, hmm. Because I think if I remember right, they had initially they were just going to use a straight thermal camera and then they realized, oh, we're in the jungle in Mexico. Everything's hot. It's just mm -hmm. red. It's just, <laughs> so they had to go in a different direction. Um, and then, okay, so then Arnie figures out, uh, Dutch figures out that the mud is concealing him from the, the predator being able to see him. Now, we've since learned that mud won't do that. Right. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't cover you and like insulate your body heat because it eventually just becomes the same temperature as your body. But still makes for a, a nice uh, visual of Arnold covered in mud for the, the whole time. I do like his primal yeah. yell, too, <laughs> yes. because at that point, the predator thinks he's dead. Right. The predator's given up on him. And, and this is Arnold. You know, Dutch is just like, uh, -uh buddy, I'm still here and I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs. And, but yeah, that was, how many montages do you, do you think were in this movie too? Because uh, you got to think. Two, three? There was. the uh, tree traps? Yes. There was the tree traps. There was Arnold just making all, like, and that's sort of, that, that end one is like, okay, this guy that had all this uh, technology and all these weapons, he has to resort to using sticks and sharpened yeah. things. Um, which is, I think why the predator in some ways ditches his stuff, right? He's like, all right. Cause that's, that's the thing with the predators is they're, they, uh, they do have kind of a code that they hunt by. So this, and this movie started it obviously, but, um, the whole idea of like, yeah. oh, it didn't attack her cause she didn't have a weapon. And then. Arnie's got no weapons left, so it takes its weapons off and just wants to fight him one-on-one -on -one and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Like, Arnold is superhuman in this movie. And granted, it's Arnold. He's superhuman in just about every movie, but <laughs> he takes shots from that predator that should have killed him. Not, in, not yeah. including when the thing uh, shot at his gun and he just, it just nicked off his shoulder. You know, the same weapon that blew through Jesse Ventura's chest and left it a gaping crater... Bounced off of Arnold, just just nicked his arm mm -hmm. a little bit. He removed Carl Weathers' arm. Not yeah, yeah. A couple moments before. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but but no, not Arnold. Not his big pythons. Nope. It's just gonna bounce off. He's it's mm -hmm. too much. Too many muscles. That's what it is. He flexed at the right moment and deflected it. So, mm -hmm. um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get like the moment where Arnold thinks he's got him. That that for me is always a fun one too, where he thinks he's got him. He thinks he's going to get him to fall into his trap and the predator is too smart for it. Um, and, uh, and, and then you get this wonderful line read from Arnold, which sounds a little something like this. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me. Like just get, you, you couldn't have waited until he got one step closer. And he gave away his whole plan. Predator is too smart for that. Um, but he ends up getting hit by the counterweight anyway, which was didn't the 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 trap in that crawling tunnel. I guess uh, wasn't that just uh, so 
so the predator went outside of that? Well, no, the original to, idea to was... get hit with a with a tree trunk. That's how I read it. So that's what ended up happening. The, the tree trunk was. Oh yeah. Oh, oh the counterweight was that was yeah. Um, the predator's too smart for that. Goes around the outside of it, but then thankfully he happened to go right where the counterweight was sitting. So uh, okay, Arnold that's just drops out. That was supposed to work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a happy accident for sure. Uh, but I did also think it was interesting how Arnold, when he finally, he's like, he's, he's leaning against that tree and he's, he's sighing. He's like, all right, it's finally over. And then he sees the tree trunk move. And you, yeah. can just, you can just hear his, oh, really? So he gets yes. up, he grabs the big rock and it's, oh, the guy looks too pathetic. I can't kill him. Which gave him just enough time to set off his wrist bomb. Yes. So that's when 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 I thought, yay, the exploding thingy from Predator Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they really brought like all of it back for Predator Two, um, and then some. Some Basically, of the stuff yeah. that I think there was things in Predator Two that I think they wanted to do in this one that they just couldn't couldn't make work. The net gun, I think, was one of them. Um, the spear, mm. I know they... That, the, the disc, probably. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that. The spinny disc. Um, but yeah, for me, this is still my favorite of any of the Predator films, and I include Alien vs. Predator in those, because I think both of those movies are pretty bad. Um, yes. But... It's definitely the best one, yes. <laughs> it, it, and Predator 2, honestly, is a pretty good sequel, it suffers from not having Arnold in it, which a lot of people knocked it for, but it, it doesn't try to be the same movie. It tries to yeah. go a little bit different and it, it obviously changing the setting, going from the jungle to the city and the concrete jungle um, mm-hmm. was a, was a nice change. But I think the movie overall is actually a lot better than people remember it being. It's just so hard to top this particular movie because of what it was. And really it never needed a sequel. It could have. And I made this argument when I, uh, when I covered the Terminator a while back where the Terminator and I love T2. T2 is a great (laughs) action movie, but you could have made just the Terminator never made another movie with any of those characters. And I'd have been fine with it because it's such a nicely self-contained story. Same thing with this predator could have never had any sequels never had any expansions to it at all, and I'd be perfectly fine with it because it's just this nice, tightly packed, well-paced, tropey story that's just a fun hour and 45 minutes. And that's that's kind of how I feel about it. But, yeah. you know, Hollywood being what it is, they're going to drive a franchise into the ground. Now, I will say the <laughs> comics, the comics uh, did quite a bit. And... Have either of you seen the 2010 Predators? No, I didn't. So take. Um, no, I was. I remember parts of it. Okay. I don't know if it was like a, it was on TNT or something, and I saw clips or. Uh, uh could be. So what Predators did, and it's it's another one of those. It's actually better than you would think is they tried to take the idea of what this one did and not overdo it, but give it a little more. So instead of 
a predator coming to Earth, what you find out is there's a bunch of people on the predator's planet. And there's multiple predators. And they have this idea of different kind of clans of predators and there it gets a, it gets itself a little bit bogged down but it came with the same idea of let's get some of these tropey caricatures and drop them into a situation so you've got your there's another guy with a minigun um in that one of course uh <laughs> there's uh there's the um the yakuza so they're all criminals in the in in that movie there's a yakuza and he's carrying his sword which does lead to a nice one-on-one sword versus uh, arm blade fight. There's um, there's all this kind of stuff going on. I think the only problem with it was they cast Adrian Brody in the lead, and he doesn't come across as the real action star. Plus, he just sounded like he gargled yeah. gravel before every shot. <laughs> like he's he's trying to do that that Christian Bale thing, but he just yeah. it just sounded terrible the whole time. And I like Adrian Brody, um, but. It's a fun sequel, and I think it's actually it's better than either Alien versus Predator film. And from what I understand, having not watched it yet, it's better than The Predator, which is the most recent one. And that that one bums me out because that movie should have been a lot better. When you bring in Shane Black to write and direct it, who was part of the original thing, you'd think he could do okay, but I think well, got I a little. Think, yes. <laughs> I think it got a little too Shane Black, is what I heard. Oh. Um, so, all right. Uh, now that you have seen this movie, and I'm going to start with Dylan, are you are you glad that you sort of can now say, yes, I've seen Predator? Uh, yes, I'm glad. That <laughs> I, I've always enjoyed the Predator as a character, and I guess really my only complaint with the movie is there wasn't enough information on Predator, so... Yeah, he, Predators. It's, the Predator has eight minutes of screen time in an hour and forty right, six minute that, movie. They never actually That's, say the Predator in it. So. Well, no, and <laughs> some of it is there's a reason for that. So this, the original title of it was Hunter, and there's even a moment where Arnold says either calls it a hunter or says they're being hunted, and there's like a pause, almost like they wanted to make that sort of the drive that home. So they filmed most of the movie under the title Hunter and they changed it to Predator um, late in either production or post-production because there was a movie a couple years earlier called Hunter and they didn't want it to get too confused. So that that's why they never call it a Predator. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny. It only has eight minutes of screen time. What I wonder is how many of those eight minutes are it invisible? Right. <laughs> It'd be even better. Um, but that's good. I mean, you got to see where the character came from, right? And what's cool about this is this wasn't an an adaptation of a comic book or like a short story or anything like that. This was created as a movie um, and then became a whole franchise. So, And Bjorn, having seen two uh, a number of times, yeah. but not this one, even though apparently you thought you did for a while, um, yes. you know, you, you liked it, um, yes. and, and now you can take it off of your, your list of shame, right? Now you can officially say yes. you've seen Predators, so that's good. Exactly. The list of shame that I, until late last year, didn't know this film was on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys could come on and talk about it. This was a good uh, good conversation. I, I want to I say thank you to both of you. Now, Bjorn, you also... Um, I want to say thank you in person for the 
the work you did putting uh, quicksack.li slash um, WHYS because you took, you made a site called quicksack.li for FilmSack, which is one of my favorite yes. film podcasts. Um, but you took that same site, which is a listing of everything and searchable and quickly searchable too. And you put all our episodes on there too. And I just want to say thank you because that's so cool. <laughs> and it's a great way for me if people it's are like, for me. <laughs> honestly, I use it for when I'm starting to talk to somebody uh, about coming on the show and they're like, well, uh, what, you know, what kind of stuff have you covered? I can send them that and say, here, search. Cause it's quick. I mean, the second you start typing in something, it pops up. So thank you. Cause that was really, really cool. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And Dylan, thanks. thanks for coming on. This was this was fun. I'm glad uh, glad I got to uh, show you a new movie, and you didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> no, there's. Uh, I could probably give you a couple seasons of contents on movie I haven't seen. So <laughs> I'll put you in the rotation with some other people I've got that are in the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> I got a few people that have never that haven't seen anything, and so. Uh, what's the link for that? It is quicksack.li slash W-Y-H-S. I don't know why I have to think about that every time. It's, <laughs> it's the title of my damn show, and I can't uh, can't see it. Oh, yeah. Quicksack.li. There. I can put <laughs> I can do that. You're not allowed. Uh, uh. But ab- honestly, thank you both for coming on. This was a ton of fun. Um, uh, are either of you? Do you, either of you have anything you want to promote? As long as you are here with my my literal tens of listeners. <laughs> no, I've uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. Quicksack was 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 mentioned. Yeah. Yes, Quicksack. <laughs> there you go. Um, awesome. I like well, looking at the numbers. So next week, I don't know what movie I'm covering yet. Uh, I'm still in the process of figuring out with, uh, it's the Syndemic Nerds podcast uh, are going to come on and talk, and we're still deciding what movie. So uh, if you want to know, follow me on Twitter, uh, TV's Travis, TVS Travis. And uh, when once I know, I'll let everybody else know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to go. And uh, uh, look, once again, thank you both. You're welcome back anytime. If you think of something that you just can't imagine uh, not not seeing anymore, like you want to see it, you want to talk about it, let me know. Welcome back anytime. It was a ton of fun. Uh, Thanks for us. Absolutely. And until next time, uh, just remember to enjoy your movies. And the world is weird, so be cool and be excellent to each other. So in wait you haven't seen. Just dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>